Welcome to the Rooted Conference Podcast, Rooted's newest podcast channel. This podcast features plenaries, workshops, and teachings from Rooted's annual conference and other events. The Rooted Conference Podcast is part of the Rooted family of podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Parent Podcast, the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. To learn more about Rooted's ministry, visit rootedministry.com. Today's episode is recorded at Rooted's 2021 conference in Birmingham, Alabama. To learn more about Rooted's annual conference or to register for this year's event, visit rooted-conference.com. That's rooted-conference.com. Guys, I love talking about worship, so I'm going to talk kind of fast so that I can make sure that I leave um, time for questions. But as Kendall said, I I am the worship worship director at our church. Um, I have, uh, I also teach a couple of high school English classes, um, work uh, for various uh, churches throughout the year as a retreat speaker, and then do uh, quite a bit with Rooted, um, mostly through writing and also, as she said, on the steering committee. But um, of the various uh, shoes that I wear, worship director is is my passion. I, I love worship. I love talking about it. Um, Kevin Twitt, if you've heard of him, did a workshop like this for Rooted a few years back. So if you don't know who he is, um, he's a singer songwriter that started the the RUF or the uh, the Indelible Grace Ministry. Um, he works at the RUF. Um, in uh, in Nashville at Belmont, um, Sandra McCracken's actually part of that initiative. So I'll I'll talk quite a bit uh, about their music as well. You'll, you if you haven't heard of them, you're you're likely familiar. If you hear one of their rewrites of one of their hymns, you you might be familiar with it. Um, so here's the downside for you guys. I'm not Kevin Twit, <laughs> nor am I Sandra McCracken, and that is unfortunate for you. However. Um, I, I do love worship. I will put a little uh, caveat out there and say that I, I am not a professional musician. I cannot even sing very well. Kendall just said, what, what it, so I've known cable for a long time here. It, listen, my, my two younger sisters sing beautifully. And whenever I would want to join in, you know, they'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) um, I lead choirs and ensembles at our church, uh, but but without a great voice. And so you may wonder what the heck I'm doing in the position that I'm in. Um, I'm telling you this to encourage you because you do not have to be a professional musician to incorporate worship into your home or into youth, your youth groups. And that's that's really key to understand what you, um, what you need to do is have trust and faith in the Lord that he will give you the ability to do what he's asked us to do, and that is to sing, and that is to worship him. And because he's asked us to do that, um, he's given us his Holy Spirit to to allow us to do what it is that he's commanded us. So I want to start just by telling you a little bit of my own background um, as it relates to worship. So I, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my dad was a pastor. I'm actually a fifth generation pastor's wife. We just cannot say 
away yeah. from the ministry <laughs> leaders. I, I don't, my, my younger sister married a JAG officer. Um, he was at the time. And so we did a happy dance. We're like, someone can tell us what life is like on the outside of the church walls. But then he became an elder and she became a music director. And it just, you know, we can't, we can't help ourselves. Um, but those of you who are in ministry um, know that the process sometimes of getting to church can be a chore. Uh, my mother was also involved um, in the, in the music ministry growing up. She led children's choir. Um, in the midst of having a father as a pastor and a mother uh, doing various uh, things with music in the church, I now know on the adult side of things how hard that must have just been on a daily basis, especially when young, getting us up and ready and out the door had to have been a chore sometimes. But you know what? I saw, I saw them passionate about worship. They loved to get up on Sunday mornings because they were going into the house of God. And that love for worship, that passion for it was contagious. It was absolutely contagious. My, my father especially loved it. He was not a musician, um, but I remember he would say things like, I like it when the music gets big. You know, he didn't even have the right language for it, but just he liked it when it got big. And he would talk about that and tell us that. And not only did he love participating in worship, but he loved planning worship. Uh, he liked the creativity involved in connecting things together for people, even sometimes art and other things that are incorporated in. So here's what I learned somewhat ironically from his example. I don't have to be in the pastorate to have a heart for worship. Uh, I can be, I should be, ha have that, a heart for worship if that is the case, but I don't have to be. So I will forever be thankful that I had that example as a child, that I saw modeled joy when it came to worship in the home and worship in church. Now, don't get me wrong. Please hear me, and I'll mention this a couple times. I was a very typical teenager in, in many ways. So I was not like grabbing the tambourine and asking mom and dad to sing Amy Grant around the <laughs> piano, right? I mean, there's, there's eye rolling all the time when, you know, they, they did their own way of incorporating worship. So how did I... Uh, how did what I saw modeled uh, connect with where I am today in, in becoming a worship leader? I grew up playing piano. That's, that's my instrument. Um, but I was always embarrassed uh, of that aspect of my life. I played basketball. I wanted to be known as a, a, an athlete. And so I kind of put the, the music part of it aside. It really was not until high school that I started using my gifts in a more public way. And you know how that happened? Through my youth group. Um, we started a worship band at the uh, encouragement of our youth pastor, and we were so painfully bad. Um, <laughs> I played, uh, played, played a little keyboard, but I had so much fun. And part of the reason that I had fun is because uh, the youth leader instilled in us the importance, in part through his example, of singing out and singing to the Lord unabashedly. And so when I would lead worship, then I had that kind of spiritual rush from, from the sense of, of a group worshiping together. Um, so that experience then led me to joining a, a worship band at our uh, Christian school where I attended. Uh, actually, Santa McCracken started it, and I was the next uh, person who who followed uh, after Sandra and her group started it. So we led chapel chapels weekly. That was a unique experience for me and a blessing, especially as a teenager. Um, it was very life life giving. It was the first time I, re I really experienced refreshment through worship. 
Um, but I also grew in my understanding uh, during this time that, the, you know, uh, leading worship and, and publicly worshiping was not necessarily uncool. You know, how, how, how teens sometimes uh, view it. And in large part, that was due to discipleship, both uh, uh, through my youth pastor, but, but also through people like Sandra, who passed the baton on and said, hey, you can do this. Uh, you don't have to have a voice like mine, which I wished I did. Um, but discipleship uh, was really one of the, the key ways that, um, that I learned to love worship. So my senior year in high school, I decided to go to uh, college to major in music. That was my plan. I ended up uh, doing so, at least I started uh, my major in music at Covenant College on Lookout Mountain, Georgia. But I had a knee injury. I was going to play basketball, walk onto the team, and major in music. Um, within the first couple months, I had a knee injury that sent me uh, home two or three different times for surgeries. And uh, when I would come back, not only did I feel disconnected from the body, uh, where the community where I was, but I also came back uh, after the second surgery uh, to an ice storm on the mountain. I'm on crutches, this big, you know. So I, I attempted to get around. I did okay. But then uh, two days after being back, the elevator, I lived on the fourth floor, the elevator broke. And so they told us for the time being, just use the service elevator. I was like, what? So I, you had to find what floor the elevator was on and call the person across. So I attempted um, to use the stairs. So I had crutches, this massive brace and books and piano books. My, uh, the music was furthest at the time from my dorm room, the music classes. And so I remember uh, one particular day hobbling as best as I could down the stairs. And I just stopped and I said, forget it. And I, I, I stopped going to my music classes. Not long after I lost my place in the music program, the professor called and just said, we're sorry. And I said, I, I don't care. I just became very apathetic. Um, I fulfilled the last, my last duty uh, as a music major, and I remember standing in the back of the chapel after that happened and saying, I will never touch a piano again. And the Lord has a sense of humor. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. For 10 years, I didn't. Um, the Lord worked uh, in my heart in many ways during that time, but my husband uh, took a job as a senior pastor in St. Louis, where we are now. It was a church plant. You know what they needed? A pianist. <laughs> and, uh, and I was rusty. I was really rusty. Uh, but after uh, leading for several different weeks in a row, I started feeling that sense of love for worship again. Uh, in 2017, I took over temporarily for our a music director who had moved away. Um, and I could not stay away. I couldn't hide my passion, my love for what was going on, um, not only in my own heart, but in our body. And so uh, I was hired as the music director in 2017. God has done great things, and I'm so grateful to him. I'm grateful to him for the position that he's put me in where I can use my gifts. It's something I'm passionate about. I love to be able to talk about it, and I praise the Lord for his work. That is the, that is the Lord's work, and I praise him for that. You all have different stories and backgrounds when it comes to uh, worship and your experience, we all bring different emotions, oftentimes even to a workshop like this. So for some of you, you may have had a similar background that you grew up in the church and worship was a norm. For others of you, uh, the, it, it may not have been. And so you may need some convincing 
why is it important to incorporate this into my youth groups or into my homes? So for the rest of the time, I just want to address two things. Why we should incorporate worship in our homes and youth group and how. So the why, and then I'm just going to be very practical to talk about some really practical ways as to how we can do it. I'm going to first talk about worship in the home and then talk about worship in our youth groups. So why, why incorporate worship into our homes? Here's the primary reason, because it speaks the gospel into your family. The gospel of Jesus is made manifest. It is seen clearly when we worship him. So we can't be parents and youth leaders who who proclaim the gospel of Jesus on a Sunday morning, but don't live it out throughout the rest of the week, right? Kids are intuitive. If they're wanting, if we're wanting to disciple young hearts, then by God's grace, we need to show uh, the worship of our creator, um, show them his grace through our worship. Um, Worship should be ingrained in our existence. It shouldn't be something that we just go to do on a Sunday morning. So how do we incorporate it? Specifically into our homes with our kids. Well, remember that that worship is not limited to singing. I'll talk a lot today about singing, but it's not limited to singing, right? Worship includes a number of different aspects. So uh, I'm going to focus on just a few of them, prayer and liturgy scripture reading, and and singing. So you're speaking the gospel into your child's life every time you make an effort to do any of those forms of worship. So I want you to think of your Sunday morning worship service as kind of a practice for the rest of, of your week. So what you see incorporated in worship in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning should be seen in our homes throughout the week. That's key. So how do we incorporate these various aspects? Let me just talk briefly about each one. Prayer and liturgy. How do we incorporate this into our home? Um, When I was in elementary school, uh, I remember uh, asking a friend of mine if she wanted to come over and play after church. And I will never forget. She she sat there and she kind of thought about it for a minute. And then she turned to me and she said, how long does your dad pray before lunch? And, and, you know, as an adult now, is it really, it's a legitimate question. Like she's hungry. We just been in church for the whole morning. I just want to make sure, can we get home and get to the food? Or is your dad going to pray for a half an hour? I don't know how long my dad prayed. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. I saw him on his knees. I saw him weekly on his knees, um, praying for, uh, the worship services, he pr- prayed every night at the dinner table and, at t- table. and as we got older, he would incorporate us into his ministry through prayer. It was one of the most important ways as a minister's kid that it wasn't my dad versus the church, right? It wasn't I had to, to, to choose. He brought us into it. And one of the ways that he brought us in was by praying uh, with us and by asking us to pray for some of the things that were uh, going on that he could talk about inside of the church. That meant something to us. We'd pray for missionaries together that he'd heard about. He'd tell us the stories and ask us to pray. So incorporating prayer isn't necessarily about demanding a child to pray, you can ask them, but it's more exemplifying sincere, and that, that word is key, sincere prayers. So if you're used to rote prayers, maybe 
ask the Lord for grace to step away from that sometime so that your kids can see modeled a conversation with the Lord. So if they confide in you about a difficult situation, stop and pray. If they're anxious and they're nervous about something, stop and pray. Do that before you seek to give them advice, right? Your own practical advice. Model for them prayer. This form of worship will speak the gospel into their lives. Um, I, I recommend when it comes to liturgy, I'm going to kind of talk about these um, one and the same. Liturgy can be a little bit harder to incorporate into the home, but I highly recommend the book Everyday Holy. Uh, I thought they had it out there. I didn't look very closely. They may not. But but look it up. Um, Douglas McKelvey. It is so good. Uh, he, he writes liturgies for very practical, everyday moments in our life. Liturgy for uh, you know, as adults folding laundry, liturgy uh, for uh, the day I'm going to have a test, right? So we we can incorporate that into our home so that, again, what, what we see on Sunday morning becomes a regular part of our, our uh, weekly activities. So both prayer and liturgy, it speaks the gospel. It speaks the gospel into, into your home, into your kids' lives. Scripture reading. How do we incorporate this into our homes? This gets a little bit harder as our as our kids get older because they there there comes a point where they need to utilize uh, the scripture on their own and discover how to how to how to use it, how the Lord speaks to them through it. But I'll tell you this: there is never a moment that we're too old uh, or that our kids are too old to hear us. Uh, talk about the scripture or to hear us read about the scriptures. Never, there's never a time where that needs to stop. Um, I'm grateful to the Lord for my heritage. My my parents and grandparents, uh, they did this. They read scripture regularly. Uh, honestly, until the, the, the days they passed away, I no longer, my parents and grandparents have, have passed away. But into their adulthood, this was a regular part of their existence. Um, and so first, first, where does that start? It starts with our own heart, right? Ask the Lord, um, ask the Lord to instill in you a desire for his word. Um, how do we pass that love for his word onto the next generation? It starts with our own heart. Ask the Lord to, to give you excitement and, and to give you the desire. Sometimes we come to the Bible uh, because we're, we know we should, and that's okay. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through that, um, even when it feels like a, a chore. And don't, don't belittle uh, devotions in your home. Um, uh, I found, especially with younger kids, that just different translations of the Bible, whether it's the storybook Bible or the message, that's also great with teens, uh, that's really helpful. Um, and as a reminder, especially if you have teenagers, you do not need to be an expert in scripture to, uh, to have a good devotion time. My father, who was uh, a pastor, would often just take a proverb randomly and read it and say, what do you guys think? And again, we were typical teenagers. Sometimes we roll our eyes and say, we think nothing of what you just read, right? Sometimes, sometimes we'd have really interesting dialogue about it. I remember one time turning the tables on him as I'm going to give you a proverb. And I read some random about, I don't know, a nose in a, or a ring in a, no, a pig's snout. I don't know, something. And I was like, you tell me what this means. And you know what he said? I don't know. Let's figure it out. And that spoke volumes to me. 
to hear my pastor dad say, I don't have all the answers, but let's figure it out together. Let's see what that means. Um, so incorporate scripture reading just in those moments that you have together. Um, I know that, that, that that's harder and harder as they get older, but it's more and more precious too. How do you incorporate singing? This form of worship that speaks the gospel into our children's lives. Um, singer and songwriter Keith Getty says this about the importance of instruction and in singing. Listen to this quote. Teaching kids to sing may not be a foolproof mechanism for ensuring they follow the Lord all the days of their life. That is key. Any, everything I'm saying today is not in a formula, right, for our kids following the Lord. However, he says, it is one way that parents can equip their kids with truth that they can carry with them wherever the road leads. And I say amen and amen, and that would be enough. We could just close up and walk out. So it's so true. So as much as we should seek to instruct our children um, on why we, we pray, why we open our scriptures, why it's important to know our Bibles, we should also be instructing them as to why we should sing. That's key. That's important. Um, the Bible, did you know this? That the, the, the Bible um, talks about singing. It's actually uh, regularly, it's, it's the second most uh, used command in the Bible to sing. And it's not a suggestion. It's a command. And it's not a, a, a command given just to those who have Sandra McCracken type voices. If you can talk, my friends, you can sing. <laughs> and the reason that we've been given that voice is to fulfill this command that God has given to us. To sing. And why? Because it brings honor to Jesus. Because he is glorified by it. Because our singing is a sweet fragrance, the scripture says, um, that he receives when he hears our sincere worship, it's, it's something that the Lord holds with delight. And he himself sings. He sets that example for us in Zephaniah. He sings loudly over you. I imagine we may experience in, in the new heavens and the new earth what God's loud singing sounds like. And it must be magnificent. So talk about this with your kids. Uh, hear them. Let them uh, 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 respond to why they don't like singing or why they feel like it's weird or listen to them, right? Listen to, to the, uh, their struggles with it. Dialogue about it. Tell them about your own experience. I dated a, a guy in, in high school and I remember when, when we would drive in his car, remember the band Bush? He would sing out to Bush like at the top of his lungs and just, you know, in, you know, like, but then when we, when we were in church and I'd stand next to him, silent, silent, not even, I mean, not silent. The mouth did not even come open. And I remember that disconnect, like thinking, why they're not here? I didn't, I didn't know everything going. I just, but I remember noticing that, right? So talk with your kids about uh, why, so why are you uncomfortable singing in church? Um, as a teen, I, I remember just seeking instruction even on, on why it was important. Um, the how of incorporating, incorporating worship into our homes gets a little trickier, especially if it's, if it's uh, not been a normal senior home. So to that end, to that end, here's what I'd say. It's important um, if you have younger kids to start it early. 
So growing up in my extended family, they sang all the time. I'm not exaggerating. It was actually very obnoxious. <laughs> We'd be in a room and they'd start harmonizing to, you know, um, Billy Joel. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just everything. It's, they're singing all the time. Um, I have not carried on that tradition like I, I wish I would have. Uh, my, my sister, uh, one of my sisters, well, both of them, but one in particular has carried this on. And she has teenagers and, and a tween, and it is a normal thing that after dinner they sing together. But see, they've been doing that since since uh, their kids were very young, so it's it's normal. Um, here's what's important, and please hear this: you have not failed if this form of discipleship has been absent in your home. Right? That's that's key. That's very important. This does not save our children. This is not if you have a wayward child, if only we sang around the piano. That is not, that is not uh, what I, I want you to hear. But what I do want to get across is that because it's a command in Scripture, it's not too late to incorporate it. It's, it's, it's a good thing. It starts somewhere for us to recognize that, th- that this is something important and it speaks the gospel into your homes. So the question to wrestle with more is how are you, how are you using your voice in singing praises to God? I wrote four or five articles uh, for Rooted on songs for various seasons in our home. Um, out of that then came a Spotify list uh, that parents can can just play in the home. That's that's one of the ways to, ways to incorporate it in um, or in the car. That is also a great way uh, for worship to happen and it not be terribly awkward, especially with teens. Um, and if I'm really wanting to sing along to a song, I was telling my kids, you deal, you just deal, you know, just I'm just going to sing right now. Um, if you search uh, in Spotify under the title Worshipful Songs, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs for Families, uh, you'll find that playlist that's specifically for um, uh, songs uh, for, for moms and, and dads to play and incorporate into their house. But here's the, here's the bottom line. The more normal singing is in the home, in the car, wherever it might be, the more likely that it will become a part of our kids' life, uh, a, a part of their daily liturgy, if you will, as they grow and mature. Um, I mentioned that both of my parents uh, died at fairly young ages, and, and both of them on their deathbeds, uh, we sang them to Jesus. And I remember a friend of mine, a friend of my mom's when my dad uh, was taking his last breaths said, uh, <laughs> it was just a room filled with singing. And she said, this seems so strange, but it's so beautiful. Uh, but it was, it was a norm. It, it wasn't something we thought about or had to discuss or have a meeting beforehand. It just happened because that's what we did. Right? We, we sang praises to, to Jesus and the, the peace that passes understanding happened uh, and was given and experienced through that kind of worship. So incorporating worship into your home speaks the gospel into your home. Praise God for that. Incorporating it into our youth group is equally important. So the why and the how. As we experience the pains of a perishing, defiled, and fading world, our hope can feel distant or idle. 
Yet in Christ, we are born again to a hope that is both living and active. This is the message of Rooted's 2022 conference entitled Living Hope, a walk through 1 Peter. Join us in Kansas City from October 6th through the 8th as we survey 1 Peter together. This is a conference for all of those who minister to teenagers, youth pastors, volunteers, and parents. Our prayer is that those who attend would have renewed eyes to see that which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for us by Jesus, our living hope. Learn more and register at www.rooted-conference.com. That's rooted conference.com. So incorporating worship into your home speaks the gospel into your home. Praise God for that. Incorporating it into our youth group is equally important. So the why and the how. Why we do it is really for the same exact reason. It speaks the gospel into, into these kids' lives. And it's one of the greatest forms of discipleship for our young people. Um, my husband was a youth pastor, and he loved incorporating music, uh, music into youth group functions. Now, specifically, he loved U2. Um, and let me just say, I should say he loves U2. And when Sandra talked last night about... Uh, skipping youth group, you know, to go to a U2 concert. That was my husband who led that initiative. So it was Sandra and a couple other kids in the youth group. And it was kind of this, let's go. And, uh, and so they did. And he, you know, he, you hear this is for him. It was worship to be to U2 conference. He'd talk hours about it, you know, all that, but, but he loved incorporating singing, um, into our youth group time. I think that that had a huge impact on many who had him as a leader. Um, they 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 would say, and I've talked with some of them, uh, that their willingness to sing and sing out in church and embrace worship started there. Uh, it started in their youth group. Um, you have an incredible opportunity to disciple these kids by showing them how beautiful and how intimate and how refreshing it can be to worship Jesus, especially when done sincerely. It it allows us, it allows them to experience Jesus in a unique way. And by doing that, allows them to know him even better. So how practically, how then do we incorporate this into our, our youth group? Um, how does discipleship happen in the midst of it? Uh, first of all, first of all, discipleship happens, uh, practically speaking, when you uh, simply bring it into your regular youth group meetings. Um, some of you who've never uh, sung in youth group before might be rolling your eyes, and, and I get it, uh, because you may not literally be able to even imagine how you would start doing something like that now. Um, our church is only about 200, so our youth group is fairly small. Um, so I, I have seen um, how that can be a struggle. I'll speak to that in just a minute. Um, what I'm noticing, what my husband and I notice especially, is that if you're going to incorporate singing in youth group, it helps if it starts when they're younger, ideally in their elementary school, um, Sunday school classes, uh, at the very latest, the junior high ministry. So if your church does not regularly incorporate um, uh, singing and, and forms of worship in, in the early years, that's where I'd encourage you to start. 
to, to talk to your children's directors about how can we start this I mean, as young as, as nursery age, but keep it going, right? So that all through elementary school, it's a norm so that by the time they get to junior high, oh, we've been doing this. This is, this is a regular thing. Um, that's, that's where I'd start. Now, that's not to say, that is not to say that most youth age kids don't tend to hold back a little bit, especially when they get to junior high. And why? Because junior high, right? It's awkward. And, um, and they, everyone is watching them, right? That's, that's the, the feeling. They're self-conscious. So how do you break through this? First, uh, don't be discouraged by that, right? That's normal. You know that Cable's about to give a workshop next on junior high ministry and, um, and how to, how to kind of, uh, how to work with these kids, how to love on these kids, what, what we can do uh, to do that. Don't be discouraged um, if you're incorporating worship in and, and it's not this loud, boisterous singing. Uh, let me talk specifically to larger groups versus smaller youth groups. So if you have a larger youth group, this is naturally easier because more voices help. Um, so if your youth group already sings, but you just feel like you need some new songs to add to the repertoire, I have a whole list here um, of resources that you can look through for some great options of songs. And here's what I encourage you to do. Uh, the artist, when you look up the song, uh, look up the artist uh, when it says uh, our artists like them or whatever, go, go down that rabbit trail. Do not just rely, don't throw tomatoes, but do not just rely on Christian radio. Okay. Christian radio has its place. I, I'm not a huge advocate for a lot of reasons. Um, there is a whole world of beautiful, worshipful Christian music that uh, that is not found there. So if you want to hear more about that, feel free to, to talk to me for a few minutes after. That list will, will help you at least to, to start down that trail. And don't hesitate to make a, a youth uh, songbook. I love this idea. We did this when I was younger. Um, our youth group does this now. This gives ownership to the kids, right? They can pick a, a song. Oh, let's sing this one. This is one of my favorite. And that, that sense of ownership really helps. Um, if you're a, a larger youth group and you don't sing, maybe because you don't, you as a youth leader don't play a musical instrument. First, I'd say ask or see or talk around and see if any of the kids in your group plays. Discipleship happens here, okay? This is not about, oh, you play guitar? Great. On Wednesday night, let's do this. Talk to them first. Meet with them. Talk to them about why it's important. Why, if they stand and lead worship, why that's significant? What role the Holy Spirit plays in that? Um, and again, it, it, it takes time. It takes time to, to build something like that, but the time is, the time is worth it. As I mentioned, my, my first experience leading worship was in youth group. That's where I first uh, developed my love uh, and a passion for worship. If your youth group is larger and you have no one to accompany and it, all the kids are like, mm -mm, pick a few songs and sing them a cappella. Again, be patient. Be patient. This is not like, hey, guys, let's sing a cappella and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, it's so loud. No, <laughs> they're teenagers. Probably not, especially if they're not used to it. Uh, on the list, I have a separate sections, uh, a separate section of songs that are easier to sing without accompaniment. Um, so you can look those up, and and feel free just to sing without without uh, background music. That's okay. Um, so for groups that are larger, especially, I just want to encourage you: if you're doing it, keep doing it, and trust 
that the Lord will work in and through it, right? We, we set your expectations at simply you worshiping sincerely and let the Lord, let the Lord work. Um, press on. If you're not doing it, seek out someone uh, to, to, to partner with you in how you can start incorporating it and be patient. Be patient as the, as the Lord works in and through your uh, discipling kids through this particular means. If you're a smaller church, this is a little bit harder. And as I said, I, I get it. Um, especially for this size, it, it, it's hard if you if you have a group, you know, of three to eight kids um, singing together. Uh, it's just harder, especially at this age. They're like, mm, "Are you singing? Are you singing?" I'm not, everyone's looking at me. You know, it's all the self conscious feelings. Um, first, first, I'd say uh, that consider playing just a, a recorded worship song, and not just when they're walking in having music played. Stop and make it a part of your youth group meeting. Next, we're doing this and play it, focus on it, and, and don't be afraid yourself to sing to it. Um, and then maybe ask the kids to give you suggestions of a few songs that they'd like to hear and uh, find those and play those. They may not your, be your favorite. That's okay. We never, as a music director, you never are doing just your favorite music. That's not the point right? The point is to disciple um, and to learn from your own kids in your youth group. Um, yeah, why do you like this song? Oh, I, I never thought about, I never thought about that, or I've never heard this before. That's really cool. Um, I also, there's another Spotify list uh, that I made specifically just for this um, this conference. The, you'll find it under Rooted Conference, Music for Youth Groups. Um, so it just gives you a whole list of worship songs um, that you could play and incorporate into your time. So so it doesn't have to be just your voice leading it. it, it there's nothing wrong with a recording of a, a, a song. If you do play a musical instrument, consider uh, just a simple worship song or hymn and just start by asking the kids just to sing on the chorus with you. And if they don't, sing out anyway. It, you are worshiping. I'm going to keep coming back, back to this. It's about you worshiping the Lord. And then trust him as he works in and through that. The second way then uh, that you disciple your kids through worship, incorporating it is the first. Second, and I've kind of mentioned this throughout, you disciple your kids in a youth group by incorporating worship, by exemplifying it, by doing it yourselves. Um, whether you have a good voice or not, Right. Whether you play a musical instrument or not, um, if you are embarrassed by it, your kids will notice that. So I want to be careful because the point is not for you to put on a show. Please hear me say that. The point is uh, sincere worship of the Lord, and he works in and through that. I was discipled by watching people around me worship. I was discipled, I know I've mentioned her, but I grew up with her, by watching Sandra lead worship in junior high. I was discipled by hearing my dad sing out, sometimes off pitch. Uh, my husband, God love him, does not have a good voice, but he sings out with all of his soul. That's a form of discipleship. Even, even for me, I learned from that. 
I learned from that. I know my kids do too. I know the people around him do. There's no reason, there's no reason to to not unabashedly sing to our creator. There's no reason to be embarrassed by that. So exemplify it. I know I've been talking mostly about singing, but there are equally important reasons to model these other aspects of worship that we've already talked about in your youth groups. Um, You're discipling your kids when you talk and teach about prayer and liturgy and scripture reading. Um, I'll I'll close with these thoughts. Maybe consider doing a series on the elements of worship that you see on a Sunday morning. Okay, so on a Sunday morning, your kids experience in, in, in the sanctuary liturgy, right? Prayer, um, singing, the sacraments. So do a series just on those elements and break it apart and explain to them why it's there and why it shouldn't just remain there. We don't walk out of the sanctuary and, well, we're done with that. We're done with worship. It should be a part of our our daily existence and talk to them about how, how uh, taking communion should affect our week, how we can sing throughout our week, how and why we pray, not just in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning, but also in our youth group time. And what does that mean? What does that look like? How do we do that as, as teens? So just even a, a series on worship, breaking it down, spending a couple of weeks on each one is, is really going to show the truth of who Jesus is and how he comes alive in these different aspects of worship. This is, that's discipleship. That's uh, and, and talking about and teaching on any aspect of, the, of these kinds of, uh, of, the, of worship. So each of these forms um, should be a part of our our daily existence. And you know what's beautiful is that they learn as they learn about uh, how to incorporate these forms of worship throughout the week. It's enhanced when they experience it in the body on a on a Sunday morning all together with brothers and sisters in the in Christ. So my encouragement to you uh, is is to start first with your own heart. This all starts with us. It starts with the grace that the Lord has given us. Uh, It starts with our desire uh, to worship him. So ask the Lord, just ask the Lord, not only to give you that desire, but to give you the energy, to give you the creativity on how to incorporate uh, worship in what the Lord has asked you to do. He will give you the ability to do through his Holy Spirit that's working in and through you. He's asked us to worship him. And he will give us the ability to do that. Let me pray for our time and and we can talk for just a minute. Lord, I I thank you. I thank you that you hear our our hearts, Lord. Um, I thank you for receiving our worship when we offer it to you. Pray, Lord, that, that you would be with these fellow laborers in the gospel. Encourage their hearts, Lord. Um, Show them where uh, worship may fit uh, in unique and creative ways, both in their homes and and in their youth groups, Lord. I just pray that you'd encourage them. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time to talk about this subject. I pray that you go before us in the rest of this day. Lord, help us to trust you in each detail. In Jesus' name. Um, We have just about One minute.
Um, anyone just a any questions or anything? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so you talk a lot about like confidence with kids singing, um, like corporately. Sure. Um, how, like how getting the kids to actually like perform the music, um, how do you like bolster that confidence? To the kids to sing to. No, no, so, oh. so, oh, sorry. More That's like, good. more like, a instrument like like uh, like uh, a kid that plays an yes 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 uh, just like so playing with other people right like yeah that that is a great question and so that's something i experienced even in adulthood right adults even uh who are like i kind of play the guitar yep. well i gotta feel out was kind of mean like <laughs> right and so so start with just the the one-on-one -on -one. and the first thing i'd say is when you hear them play encourage first, yep. encourage first. This is so, this is so awesome. Um, why don't you, if it's, if it's a disaster, why don't you, um, go, uh, and practice this one song, just give them one song to practice. And then, um, it, but if it's like, oh, wow, you can maybe do some, but they're timid. Or if you know someone, Hey, he plays guitar, but he's like, I'm not going to play in front of everyone. Um, that's more, even more common. Start with just a, a small group and just say, can I just meet with you guys? Like you and you on Wednesday, whatever, before youth group. And let's just, let's just sing together a little bit. And um, like, you know, bring two or three songs with them, easy charts. They're more likely to play just with, you know, one other person and with you. Um, and if you do that a few times, then they've all of a sudden gained confidence with playing with one other person, right? And they've learned, okay, here's how we, if we want to sing a chorus twice, like, you know, and then all of a sudden they're dialoguing, they're talking, they're, they're, figuring out how to do that. And then it's like, Hey, is it okay if I bring in a couple more people and we'll sing a few songs next week? And, and, and then more than likely the people that you ask are going to be people that, you know, Hey, they'll sing along to this all of a sudden. Then when I'm playing guitar, it's not like so freaky weird because I, <laughs> people are like singing with me, yeah. even if it's five people. Yeah. So I would, that's where I'd start is uh, by, if it's one person, just, you know, uh, having them meet with you and maybe one other person that, you know, doesn't, doesn't mind singing, just so that th that sense of um, this can happen, this can be really fun, uh, that that experience uh, happens, and then see if you can build it from there. But it takes time. It takes time. This is not like we meet and then the next week they'll be like, oh, I'll totally lead worship, right? It takes, it takes time. Um, but that's a great question. Yeah. And I, 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 when you hear them first, um, like I said, if it's, if it's a disaster, <laughs> don't shut it down. Yeah. I just, I, I do this with my own musicians. I'll hear someone saying, I'm like, oh, Lord, just <laughs> help me. Right. Like, how do I, they want to use their, and I, I, the Lord will show you how to use them. I, I believe that because I've seen that now for 20 plus years. He just, you know, so great question. Yeah. Um, I feel like sincere worship. Um, we do like a lot of just like the same kind of old songs and things. Sure. Because of fear of like emotional manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want the kids just to be like, like yeah. music and not what it's about. Yeah. But then the kids are also not engaged. Yeah. How do we yeah. like balance that? Yeah. So that is such a great point. I tend to think that, uh, and when they're younger, uh, when they're teenagers, I, I'm more okay with some of the repetition emotional because 
that is where they're learning to connect emotions with, uh, with worship. So I would not shy away from that, but take, make it as a, use it as a teachable moment. So do both incorporate songs that they know really well and will sing and sing. It's, I, I just, this, this is on my heart. I'm, I'm taking an ethics class in seminary right now. And we just talked about emotion and worship and, and there is a fine balance between um, teaching our kids and for our own heart, that this is not just about getting caught up in the moment, right? This is not just about uh, a feeling or closing my eyes just because that's like, you know, this is about like where we are literally singing words of praise to our creator. So you can't, it, the two go hand in hand. We're thinking and we're feeling at once with worship. So teach them that, um, but don't shy away from the songs that, that um, maybe uh, stir up more emotion or repetition, especially I feel like with teenagers, um, because when, when they are, when they hear the singing out, uh, because it's a song that they're familiar with, that's going to encourage more singing. And that's going to help them when you're bringing in songs that, hey, these are a little bit newer. Look at these words. Look at what this, look at the, what this says. Here's what that means. When we say these words, here's what you're declaring. So use it as teachable moments too, but I wouldn't shy too much away from it. But I feel, I feel you. I'm PCA. So we're all like, you yeah, know. So feel free. There's a, um, a, a rather thick songbook. It's all copyright. Okay. But I've only, I only made eight of them as all music that you can get free off, uh, off the internet anyway. So if you want to grab one of those and then a separate list of just music uh, or songs that you can. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rooted Conference podcast. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music on this podcast.